0: that are traveling tonight we just ask that you would be with them lord Uh, lord there's different people that have family members that are in the hospital and different things and we have people that are out of the country and friends and family out of the country lord and we just ask for your blessing to be on them all and we praise you for it and thank you for it father in jesus name amen amen well it's good to see you i'm so glad you're here tonight and uh, so live stream 's not watching right now, but we 'll still be able to put this on later and archive it so hey, good to see you <laughs> hey so that's that 's not a southern hello. what is that? <laughs> anyway, Luke chapter two verse fifty two says this we uh if you're looking for your notes and you go to the notes that are online, you can look at uh, increase part two plus. It's the same notes that we had last week, last Wednesday, but we didn't get into all of them. We're going to get into them tonight, so felt like we should go back and finish those. We've been talking about increase. We're done with increase on Sunday mornings, but this is one point where we wanted to come back and make sure that we looked at this in detail. A lot of times, you know what we do when we're uh, ministering and being ministered to uh, what we're doing is we're not necessarily going over stuff that we don't know. Uh, we, You remember when we did the series talking about three-part man? And in that series, one of the things that we were able to show is that the body or the flesh can give the mind input, and then the spirit also can give the mind input. And then in the mind, that's where you win or lose as it determines what you should do. And if it listens to the flesh, it's going to be messed up and wrong. And if it listens to the spirit that's connected with the spirit of God, then the heart, then that will be what's right. And then over in uh, Mark 11, verse 20 through 24, we've talked about the kingdom process. And it says this, All right, it says, if you believe with your heart and you confess with your mouth, then you'll have those things that you say, right? So that's what it says here. Now here's the question. Is your heart, and let me, let me give you a little, this will be a question maybe you haven't thought of before. Is your spirit connected with God if you're born again? Yes, absolutely. Does your spirit have any flaws then? Is your spirit 100% right? A little bit right? Halfway right or all the way right? Is it ever going to be wrong? It's a good question, isn't it? <laughs> so, here's here's what it says. The Word says that when you're born again, you become one spirit with God. So the question really is, is my spirit uh, going to be wrong? Is asking, is God ever going to be wrong? So, Is your spirit ever going to be wrong, or is it ever going to lead you wrong? No. However, now, you notice that it says, if you believe in your heart, and you confess with your mouth. Now, your spirit is always, and and I've even taught this before, and I've come to find out that I was wrong. If your spirit is always giving me the right thing, and then I confess the will of God in my mouth, how many things would come to pass? All of them. Because my spirit is lined up with God's spirit. If my spirit was simply my heart only, because you can, a lot of times the spirit is spoken of as the heart. The mind is spoken of as the soul, and then the flesh and the body. All right, That takes on the nature of your flesh and the body, takes on the nature of the world, which is whose God is the devil. So it takes on the nature of the father of the world, which is the devil. So you've got those three parts, but a lot of times we lump heart in with spirit, but your spirit can't be wrong. But if you remember when we talked about the three parts of man, we talked about that your heart was the core of who you are. Okay. In other words, if you boiled yourself down to it, This is what would come out. In other words, if you don't believe in healing, if you don't believe that healing is the children's bread, you don't have a renewed mind on healing, then what's going to come out of your heart, out of the core of who you are? Is it going to be healing? No. And so what do you actually, even though you can say, I believe in healing, in your heart you don't believe, do you? because it's not who you are so this speaks more to a lot of times when it says heart and it's talking about belief in that way it's talking more about a better way to understand it and describe it is it's talking more about a mind renewed to the heart of god or a mind renewed to your spirit okay so does that make sense in other words If it was constantly and instantly renewed as soon as you're born again, then everything you would say according to the will of God would just pop right off. Bam, 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 bam. But when it says believe it in your heart, it's talking about your heart is something that can change. Your heart is something that can change. So that means how is it going to change? Well, it's going to change as you put the Word in, as you get to know God, as you spend time with Him. And so here's here's the thing. A lot of times when we're, now see, I'm, I'm back to where I was, and we just went a long five minutes down, but did you learn something in the five minutes? Amen. A lot of times when we're preaching, we're not preaching something you don't know, but we're preaching something that you're not renewed to fully yet. In other words, you don't have full renewal of your mind on this yet. Or how about this? How about the fact that you you may have full mind renewal at one point, but then the world comes, start beating on you, and start beating on you. And before you know it, you're not thinking about the mind renewal fact anymore, the truth of that. You're thinking about what the world's done to you. And so, like with sickness, well, I know, that I'm, I know that God wants me healed, but I just feel so bad right now. I'm just worn out, you know. And so, what's happening? The world's trying to beat on you to get you out of that mind-renewed place. Or, how about, you know, I, I know that God wants me, uh, he wants to fill my hands and provide for me, but I can't see past these bills. What do you need there more than anything else? You need the core of who you are to know that you know that you know God's Word is true. You need to know that you know that you know. And how's that going to happen? Because you hear it one time in church? No? How many, let me ask you this, how many people were here every time we've talked about increase? How many people have been at each service, right? All right, so the first time, or even if it's just most of them, The first time you heard about increase, did you get something out of it? Yeah, yeah. And the first time you heard the reset series, if you were here during that, did you get something out of that series? The first time, yep. But by the end of the series, by the end of it, how much did you get out of it? Did it add? Did it grow inside of you? Did you gain resolve on it? All right, how many people know now that God wants you to increase? And would it be hard for the devil to pull it out of you? It'd be hard for him to pull it out of you because now you've heard the word. You've heard it repeated. You've started to get your own resolve on it. See, I can stand up here and have my resolve all day long on increase, on reset, on all that stuff. And I can tell you about it, but that doesn't mean that you have it. And so what we're doing tonight, we're talking about the areas of increase. This is increase plus. This is, the, this is getting more into the details. And we're going to go into the details of the areas of increase. And what are we doing? We're building up your mind renewal. We're building up your resolve. We're building up your revelation. We're building up your rhema own. Areas of increase. And so as we go over it, guess what? How many people here have probably heard some of these verses that we'll have tonight? Probably every single one of (laughs) you. How many people have heard preaching on something similar to this? Probably every single one of you. But what you'll do now is you'll, you'll combine revelation that God wants me to increase with areas of increase. And something inside of you, maybe it'll be tonight, maybe it'll be on down the road, but it'll click. And all of a sudden, you'll have that eureka moment, you'll have that, you'll have that revelation, you'll have the rhema from God, and when you're believing God uh, for increase in your life, guess what will happen? Your heart has been renewed. The core of who you are will spit out what your mind is renewed to, and all of a sudden, when you confess it with your mouth, increase will come in that area of increase. Amen? Amen. All right. Let, so, Luke 2.52, this was our main verse the whole time. And Jesus kept increasing in wisdom and stature or maturity and in favor with God and men. I'm glad Stephen asked me what that stature meant. He texted me a couple of weeks ago, and I'm glad he did because I was just assuming... And I wasn't saying that meant maturity and I should have been saying that and that helped me. So thank you for asking the question, Stephen. So and he might have been just asking just to make sure that I said that, but I don't know. But I appreciate it no matter what. That's good. So this if Jesus is our example and he kept increasing, are we supposed to increase? Absolutely. Are we supposed to get to a level and then stop? Or are we supposed to continue and continue? and continue, and continue, amen. This is what we're supposed to do. We saw the parable of the talents where God expected them to believe him for increase instead of burying their talents. Instead of burying what they had in their hands, their talents, their abilities, instead of burying it because, well, you're God, and how can I ever do anything that that would compare to you you know, that kind of false humility stuff. How could I ever do that? Well, that's what that guy said, and he buried it. And the response from God was, you evil and wicked servant. But the one who said, Lord, I'm trusting you. You know, I might not know everything on how to increase this or multiply it, but I'm trusting you to help give me favor and maturity and wisdom to make this increase. And God brought the increase, and then he came, and, and you know, here it is, God gives him the talent. Then he gives him the wisdom to increase. I mean, God's doing it, everything, and he still comes back to the guy, and he says this, well done, good and faithful servant. What did the servant do? What really did the servant add to the equation? What he added was two things. Number one, he added obedience, and he added faith. He added, Lord, I trust you with this. I trust you to do what needs to be done, and I'm going to be obedient to it because I want to see your will done in this earth. Now, if he wouldn't have known that it was God's will to increase like the third guy, would he have gotten well done, good and faithful servant? No, he wouldn't have gotten that. But he did know, he did increase, and guess what happened? Here comes, here comes favor, here comes increase, and here comes well done, good and faithful servant. So we've got to move into that. Let's move into these areas. We talked about 2 Corinthians chapter 9, 8 through 12. Incredible verses right there. And then it says this, uh, I wrote this, what we are outlining here are areas that we as Christians should take some responsibility for and intentionally press into expecting God to help us increase. Now listen to that one more time. Maybe you've heard it three or four times already, but listen to this as as a mission for you. What we're outlining here are areas that we as Christians should take some responsibility for and intentionally press into expecting God to help us increase. We need to take responsibility for it, and then on purpose, press into it, all right? Now, in these areas of increase that we're going to cover, here's the thing. Have you ever uh, increased in any area with God? Anybody ever increased before? Amen. Have you ever increased in an area, and then you hadn't messed with it for a while, and it went backwards? Maybe your resolve, maybe your revelation in that? I have. I I can take like healing and throughout my uh, adult spiritual life. Healing has gone like this with me. Sometimes, man, you I couldn't get sick, you know. And, and people come in front of me; they're getting healed. They're, they're getting healed. I can feel it right now. I can feel it. It's rising in me. Because the the Holy Spirit's been pressing that in me, man, and just the words that are coming out of my mouth. I was on the phone with somebody last night, and I was like, "Look, I have no doubts about this. When you lay your hands, it will be healed." You know, and it was it was like, "Did I just say that?" And uh, so that a lot of times is what'll happen when we're when we are rising in that in the increase. But I've had times where I didn't think about healing, and all of a sudden, you know, I'm I'm going through and somebody comes up and i'm like "Man, i sure do hope they get healed that sure would be nice i mean i preach about it all the time and i've had times like that so we need to not just know the areas of increase but individual areas we need to grow in you know there's um one way to kind of look at it like this is are you moving in the fullness of salvation in each area that God has for you to increase in? In other words, maybe, you have gained, uh, maybe you've gained knowledge in healing and that God wants you well. Maybe you've gained knowledge in provision that He wants you to not be lacking anymore. Maybe you've gained knowledge in protection and salvation and, and deliverance. Maybe you've gained knowledge in each one of those all right, but maybe you've missed one. Maybe restoration, you never really have gained knowledge to receive the fullness of the saving in restoration. Well, what does that take then? You know, I remember Keith Moore telling, uh, telling a story. I uh, turn this up just a little bit. either my mind. if it's fine on the video, you can leave. It. Can y'all hear me fine? I can't hear me very well, so turn the monitors just a tad up. So, uh, there we go. That's better. Thank you. Um, Back just a hair. (laughs) Uh, So, I remember Keith Moore one time. He said... uh, He was teaching healing school, and so almost every day they were talking about healing, and they were spitting out healing scriptures. And you know, faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word. He said, and we had healing. He said, it was healing in the morning, healing at noontime, healing when the sun went down. But we weren't doing so well in finances, (laughs) and uh, they needed, they hadn't been spending time there, they hadn't been spending time in that area of increase, and so what was happening was, were they having increase in that area? Not really. They were having increase in healing, and so every area of increase, we need to not only recognize, but we also need to spend some time there, and this is part of the reason we want to look at it. So in Third John, chapter one, verse two, it says this: "Beloved, I pray that in all respects you may prosper and be in good health, just as your soul prospers." Now, there's a uh, there's always these little uh, key points and logic inside the word that'll help us get over these uh, uh, theological doctrinal sacred cows that people like to talk about all the time and one of them is this is does god want you wealthy now i'm not trying to get off on finances uh again like we did last week man the holy spirit he brought up finances last week and if you need help in finances you need to listen to last week's message because we talked about it and uh but this is one area here where you can say it says there's a verse that says uh jesus christ was made poor so that you might be rich. Now, if your mind is towards prosperity right now, you're going, praise God, I'm about to get a raise, you know? And if your mind is not towards that and you don't believe in that, you're going, well, brother, that means that he was spiritually poor and so that you could be spiritually rich, all right? So, and which one does it mean? Well, the truth of the matter is it really means both, right? Right? But let's say, let's just say that it is spiritually poor, he was spiritually poor, so that you could be spiritually rich. Let's just say that, even though that's not exactly what it means. He was made poor in health, he was made poor in wealth because he gave it away, he was made poor in spirit, all of that so that you could be rich. If you can name it, it, it was a part of what he was made poor. He lost and gave away everything so that you could receive all things. Amen? So here's, here's the thing. But let's say, let's just say, let's take the uh, very conservative side and just say that he was made spiritually poor. Well, when you come to this verse in 3 John chapter 1, verse 2, um, and good luck finding chapter 2 in there because there ain't one. And uh, a lot of people just say 3 John 2, but anyway. So here, here's what it says. Beloved, I pray in all respects that you may prosper and be in good health just as your soul prospers. Now, this soul right here, this is your mind, this is your mind renewal. We just talked about this, what it's talking about, your soul. It's talking about the inner man. It's talking about the heart, the core of who you are. And so it says, in other words, it's talking about spiritually beloved I pray that in all respects you may prosper and be in good health just as your spirit prospers your mind is renewed the core of who you are your heart prospers in God so now if Jesus was made spiritually poor so that I could be spiritually rich what does that mean in this verse that means he's given everything for my soul to prosper. Well, what does that mean? If my soul is prospering out of this world, Jesus-level style stuff, what's happening to the, to the first part of the verse? The first part of the verse is saying this, that I pray that in all respects, how many? All of them, that you may prosper. Now, is that talking about spiritual or physical? Both. It's talking about everything. The spiritual prosperity it's going to talk about in a minute. It's including all of it. In other words, in every way that you can imagine, if your spirit prospers, that as you prosper in your spirit, you will prosper in your life and in your health. Amen. So no matter how you look at it, God wants you wealthy. God wants you in overflow. God wants you in abundance, no matter how you look at it. Now, wealth and abundance to God may look different than it looks in your mind, and that's what you need to work on and figure out. You're already wealthy right here, no matter what your bank account says. You're already healthy, no matter what your body or your doctor says. Now, you may or may not know it, but it's already paid for you, and you're already blessed with it. And why? Because Jesus was made poor so that your soul might prosper. So that you might prosper in all things. But what's interesting in this verse is you have the three parts, uh, basically, of man here. You have what's in his hands. Where would we need to prosper? Where are the areas of increase? Number one is in your hands. Okay, And he says, I pray that in all respects you may prosper. That is in your hands. Okay? That's stuff that's in your hands. Now, that doesn't just mean material things. We'll get in that in a second. But then it says, and be in good health. That means, all right, we have an area of increase that's in our hands, and now we have an area of increase that is the outer man. Even as your soul prospers, and now the other area of increase is the inner man. Okay? Okay? The heart, the inside, the spirit, your mind being renewed, okay, on spiritual things. So in this one verse, he covers all the areas of increase in one one statement and says, I want you blessed in your hands, I want you blessed in the outer man, and I want you blessed in the inner man, amen? Is that good news to you? All right, good. Y'all are quiet tonight, I'm going to have to have an amen payment or something again. Amen. Yeah, see there? Look at that. Thought they were getting out early. Amen. All right. So let's look at in our hands. Let's turn to Philippians 4.19. God wants us blessed in our areas of increase, in the inner man, outer man, and in our hands. Basically, what are the areas of increase? Here's a real general way of looking at it. If he made a promise in the Bible that's an area of increase for you. You hear that again. If he made a promise in the Bible, that's an area of increase for you. That should be exciting because he made a whole heap load of promises. And he's already paid for them. They're all sitting there waiting on you to find out they're for real. He wasn't lying and and it's ready to go. That's all he's waiting on. That's it for us to increase in our spirit to the knowledge of what he's done and get to the place where we can flow in Him. That's all that's all we're waiting on. And, you know, the truth of the matter is we we really ought to be walking in so much abundance right now. The church ought to be walking in so much abundance. And and so what does this show us about our spiritual condition? We really aren't there, are we? We are getting there. Amen. Amen. I can, you, I can remember uh, hearing some ministers talk one time. And, and let me ask you this question. Man, we're talking about finances again. Do y'all need finances or something? The Holy Spirit bringing it up. Amen. You do need it even if you don't, don't raise your hand. I need it. All right, so he says this. Why is it that only the companies, only the CEOs and the Fortune 500 companies are supposed to have jets? Now, that may mess with your theology some, but the Bible says that all things are created by him and for him. And so that jet was not invented and created just to take business people around the world. That jet was created to advance the kingdom of God. Period. Period. Now, see, I know the first time I heard that, I was like, "Mm, mm, choke, because I wasn't ready for it yet. I wasn't ready for that. But if you sit and think about that, all of the things that were invented were made for advancing the kingdom of God. And our mind has been so unrenewed to who we are in God and what he wants to do that we have been fine to sit back and say, oh, we don't need that. We're fine with what we have. And that's really a messed up heart from an unrenewed mind on the word. And what have we allowed to happen? We've allowed the devil to grab all the resources and run with them. And that's incorrect. That's horrible. In other words, we took what God had given to us as promises and increase, and what did we do with them? Started digging a hole. And buried them because by faith and patience we receive all the promises of God in every area of increase, and we and we start uh, putting them into effect so that the kingdom can be advanced. We need to be doing this all the time, but you know what? We haven't been doing that. And what does that take to get to that place? How, how many people, honestly, when I when I said that statement about jets, you choked just a little bit on that. You you may might not have ever thought about that before, and I was like, man, is that right? Are you sure, Brian? Who who had a little bit of a hard time swallowing that, And that's okay. Amen. Thank you for your honesty. And that's okay. That means, hey, you're hearing something for the first time. Now sit on it. Meditate on that. What does God want to do through you? He says it like this. It's beyond what you can ask or think. And if it's beyond what I think, then guess what? It's going to sound a little weird to me when I first hear it. That's okay. If you're not hearing weird things and things that God's not pushing you and stretching you on, you're not increasing in your mind and you're not increasing in your faith. You see? Because he, where he's thinking and what he's got going on and the plans he's got, they would blow you away if he let you know all of them right now. Why? Because he's that big. He's that big, you know. I hear people talking about how Christianity is boring and this and that and everything else. You don't know what you're talking about. You you need to read that word. You need to see what's in there. You need to, you know, when the Lord starts talking about you know, and He starts moving in science, you know, we're just now getting to the place where we are uncovering stuff that God had put in His Word as promises. How many years ago now? Thousands of years we're just now uncovering it in science, and you know what we're just touching the tip of it there was a um, we'll probably get to the areas of increase eventually, but there was a uh, there was some scientists that they were going into by they were biology uh, uh doctors and they were getting into DNA, and what they found was they were breaking down this DNA. And uh, they get into this DNA and they saw something that kind of confused them and looked weird. And they're like, what is that? And as they looked at it, they thought, you know, that seriously kind of looks like programming code. That kind of looks like programming. And so they get into it and they're and they, uh, they like, yeah, you know, I think, I think that might be. So they called some guys that were programmers from Microsoft to come over and look at the same data that they were looking at in DNA, in, in biology, right? And they said, is that code? And so these guys from Microsoft, they, they uh, started looking at the code and they went, they went, that is without a doubt programming code in the biology. Without a doubt, but I'm going to tell you right now, it is way beyond anything we're doing. I mean, it is way beyond. I, I, I don't even know how to process it, but it's code. There's markers there that tell me that's code. So God has programmed our biology to do certain things, and his programming is so far beyond. Now, one of the great things about that is uh, we've gotten to the place where society says you can have a creation without a creator because it just happened. So a, a large part of society has accepted that. But one thing they have not accepted is this, is that you can't have programming without a programmer. And so when you start going into DNA and seeing programming in there, there was a programmer somewhere. And his name is God. And his thinking is so far beyond ours. And so what's going to happen in increase? This is a huge point for increase. Because when you start delving into the increase of God, guess what's going to happen to your brain and your comfort level? It's going to get stretched. Because his ways, in order for you to increase, just think about this. If I'm going to increase... Uh, come here, John. If John's going to increase, right? Let's, let's increase this way. If John's going to increase in growth, right? What has to happen? He's got to be stretched. He's got to break out of what he's doing now. If he... If he didn't need to stretch, if he didn't need, let me put it this way, if he didn't need to stop thinking the way he's thinking now and stop doing the things he's doing now, then he wouldn't need to increase. But because he needs to increase, by, you know, by rights, he's got to move out of what's comfortable for him now. So stretching and changing is an absolute in increase, and if God wants us to increase, what does that mean for you? You've got to stretch. You've got to change. You've got to move forward. Otherwise, where you end up at is wicked and lazy servant. Evil, wicked, lazy servant. We don't want that. We want well done, good and faithful servant. Well, that causes us to stretch and grow and move into places that we are not used to. That we're, we've not been before a lot of times. There's things there that we can't see and we're going to have to trust God. What's that called? Faith. faith. That's part of the reason why increases of God because it takes faith. How much faith does it take to stagnate? None. And he says without faith it's impossible to please God. You're starting to see all these different ties into increase and how God has this stuff all figured and worked out. So in every area of increase, let's look at in our hands, Philippians 4.19. In our hands is not just like money and material things. It is things that you have in this physical world that you can use like this. Resources. Okay? Tools. Time. Time is a in your hands area of increase. I know some years ago the Lord started challenging me uh, to believe God for more free time. And the truth of the matter is, here's what happens: the more free time I get, the more He fills it up and teaches me how to do it, do things even more effectively and um, what's the word I'm I'm looking for? efficiently. Uh, More, uh, there's another word, uh, when you, more concentrated. In other words, I can go and say a few things, but with more power of God and get more things done. I can get a few things done in, in a few minutes that used to take me hours. So God asked me to start believing him for more time. Increase in this area, time. Without believing God for increase in time, Before, I could not. I could not do what I do today. Would not be possible. Not, I don't know how, I do some of the things we get done today. I don't know where the time comes from, but I'm constantly believing God for it. Lord, increase my time. And so what happens generally is I'll believe God for time, and he'll open up some time, and then he'll tell me something to do to, to take that time because he's not just going to open up the time and then not do anything with it. That's not continuing to increase. He, he'll he show me what to do. I work more and more effectively, efficiently, and concentrated, and then he, he opens up more time. I believe him for more time. So one of the huge areas that you need to believe for is time. I can remember being on the road, and um, I was starting to minister. And at one point, uh, this it actually started before this, but at one point I found myself in youth ministry, and I found myself uh, needing more time. Because whether you believe it or know it or not, youth ministry is a large deal, and it takes a lot of effort. Right, Barrett? Yes, amen. And so it takes a lot of time and effort. I get that. I understand that. But it was not, it was not the, the preacher's job to carve out more time for me. It was my job to be in faith to carve out more time by my faith and increase in that area. And so God challenged me, start believing me for more time. Start believing me for a way to do it. So I started believing God. Well, it took a few years till I got to the point. And then all of a sudden, the Lord, I wanted to minister. I wanted to minister all the time. I wanted to be doing ministry all the time, just whatever. And, and the Lord said, here's your area of increase. Believe me for it. And sure enough, I watched as those pieces fell into place and God opened up the time for me to do ministry full time. And it was beautiful. And I could have never planned it the way that it happened. It would have never worked in my, in my uh, plan the way that it happened in God's plan. But I had to trust him for it. I had to believe him for increase in the area of time. And when you believe him and you continue and you don't let go of that thing, you keep putting faith uh, with that talent and that ability, that increase in him, it will come to pass. Amen? So what's in our hands is resources, tools, time, money, help. Uh, in other words, like what, we're, what we do here at the church. I cannot do it by myself. Not possible. Absolutely not possible. If What happens if I don't have help to do it? What happens if I don't have ELT, the leadership team, and, and people that are helping park cars, and, and people that are fixing coffee and doing all these things? What happens It doesn't happen. It doesn't get done. And so help is one of those resources. It's one of those things where you believe God. Lord, let us have people that will join together as one body, as one hand of God moving in a common direction in unity to get these huge things done that you want to get done. And that takes, yes, it takes somebody being the leader, but it takes people that are willing to say, I'm going to join with that vision, which is what we're talking about on Sunday. So you've got help is one of those things. How many people could use some help in your life? I thought I'd get some hands on that. Amen. (laughs) Let's believe God for increase. Matter of fact, let's just stop right here. Lord, we just ask you for help. Help in the areas of increase in our life, in in what's in our hand, resources, tools, money, time. Help, Lord. We ask for those areas of increase to rise up. Let them increase, Lord. Increase be in the hands of your children. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Philippians 4.19 says this, And my God will supply all your needs according to His riches in glory in Christ Jesus. How many needs? All. Whose power, whose glory, whose riches? His. Do you have to have it? Nope. You don't have to have it in your hands to believe God for it. For it to be in your hands. That's the big problem. Most people say, well, Lord, uh, and it, a lot of times it'll go down to, uh, it'll go down to money or, or uh, their life or something like that. They'll say, Lord, well, Lord, when you give me that six-figure income, I will be so happy to give you $20,000 uh, uh, during that period of time. Well, if you ain't giving $20 on the $100 you're getting right now, you're not going to give it because you will do with the little the same thing that you will do with the big. And if you're not doing it for the little, the Lord says not only will you not do it, but he can't give you more if you're not being obedient now. Well, how about this? How about people getting in this situation? They get in a bad situation. Oh, God, if you'll just get me out of this situation, then I'll serve you. See, you've got to trust God when you can't see him. You know, the majority of people that actually go and serve after they make a statement like that, God will get them out of the situation because he's merciful, he's graceful, it's awesome, he, he loves them, and they still won't go serve him. There's so many people that have done that. Pick it back up. Get back on your word. If you've ever made a promise like that to God, get back on your word, dust yourself off, and start heading towards him again. Amen? But you can't just believe when you got it in your hand and you can see it. You've got to believe him when you don't have it. When it's not in the bank account. When it's not in your calendar. When you, know, when you don't have anybody helping you. That's when you believe God. Amen? I can remember, look, on Wednesday night, and this is kind of a low crowd for Wednesday night. We've got people traveling and everything. But there's, you know, 20 people here tonight. Well, that may still be low to some people, but I remember when we started, there was like five or three. A lot, a lot of times, those first few Wednesday nights that we had them, and I can remember thinking that night, Lord, give us some people on Wednesday night. I really like to see some people. (laughs) You know, it's nice preaching. I like preaching, but it'd be nicer if there was some more folks sitting there. I mean, just they need to hear this word, Lord. I know it's a good one. I'm getting blessed by it myself, And, and What do you start doing? Believe God for increase. Believe God for those things. Amen. All right, so Psalms 23, verse 1 and 2 says this The Lord is my shepherd. Say it with me. I shall not want. I shall not want. I shall not. Well, are you wanting for something? then if you are, if you've got a want in your life, if you've got a need in your life and a want in your life, we're not supposed to be wanting. We're not lacking. We're not lacking. We're not built to lack. We're built to overflow. Hmm, That's a good word. Thank you, Lord. I like that. (laughs) We're not built to lack. We're built to overflow. It's a part of his plan of evangelism. If we're lacking, then we need to find out, Lord, what are we not trusting you for increase in? What do we not know? Is there a promise we don't know? Is there a part of your character and nature that we don't know? Let me get my mind renewed to it. Let me find it. Get my not mind renewed to it and apply faith to it. Let me start walking in this thing because it's supposed to be as it is in heaven, so it is on this earth. That's, that's the way we're supposed to believe and pray for. Amen? And so you ought to get excited when you find a new area of lack in your life knowing that it is not going to stay lack for long. Thank you, Father. You just revealed a new area in my life that's about to overflow. Nothing, anything negative that comes up in your life, you ought to be able to say, praise God, he's about to turn it into a positive. Man, he's about to turn it. It, he's turning it to triumph. He's turning it from lack. Man, it's it's funny. I'm um. <laughs> there's anointings that move, and and one that I'm I don't I don't know exactly what God would call it, but I would call it Brother Hagin's anointing, and that's what I'm hearing coming through me tonight. So that's pretty cool. I'm hearing pieces and phrases like he would say it, and. Uh, If you don't know him, he was just an awesome man of faith. So that's cool. It blesses me just to think that. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Now this verse is very, very important. It says, he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. Now he's talking about the Lord's my shepherd. He's talking about him being a sheep. Uh, My understanding of sheep is they do not lie down until they are completely and utterly full so when he says and makes this little statement a lot of times we have overlooked what he's saying is god you have filled me up you have completely filled me up i've got nothing to do but lay here and rest in you rest in what you filled me up that's what he's saying and see that sounds like i'm just resting i'm just taking a nap but it's more than that he's saying i'm not lacking i'm full i'm overflowing Matthew six thirty three, But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. This is the same thing that it's saying in 3 John chapter 1, verse 2. Seek first his kingdom. Prosper in your inner man, and I'll give you all this other stuff. As your inner man prospers, everything else will prosper as well. Now let's look at the outer man. Now the outer man is not what's in your hands, but it's talking about this man. Let me give you some stuff, because you might just say, well, that just means health, but that's not all that there is in the outer man. Excuse me. How about health, strength, all right? You can believe God for strength. You've been believing God for a lot, ain't you, bro? All right. Believe God for strength, not just, uh, not just strength. Uh, maybe. How about this, strength of, of character. You know, i can he can make me appear in this world a strong force as well. It's not just strength physically, and it's not just strength spiritually it's I can even be strong to other people, in other words, like let's say that Paul needs something he knows he knows if I'm strong and I believed God in the area of increase for strength, he knows well. I might be having a hard time with this. I might be faltering. You know, my, my knees might be a little bit weak, but I know Brian's not. You see? I know he'll stand strong. Well, how, how solid is that for somebody to have a friend like that and a pastor like that? And, and you, in your eyes, to have a friend like that. To have a friend here in this church that says, I know I can, I can depend on them. Right? Because it's not just supposed to be me. We're all supposed to be increasing in strength. So here's some outer man things. Uh, Health, strength, wisdom, like a worldly wisdom, a a skilled wisdom. Knowledge. These are not just spiritual things. Uh, Peace. How, How about this is in your outer man? How about just having peace? That'd be nice. Man, having the peace of God. How about how about the full salvation, deliverance, restoration, protection, provision, help, preserved and saved? Full salvation. This is. Let's put up that uh, slide. I don't think it's uh, right there, Abigail. But if you can put up that picture, when when the Lord said that He saved you and that He sent a Savior, all right. He matched it. The word Savior is the, is the male version of salvation. That's the salvation is the female version. So they are matched together. With a Savior comes salvation. They're one. okay? And salvation, to save, this is literally what that word means in the Strong's, the Greek word 4982. It means to save. And then it explains it like this. To save, that is, deliver or protect, heal, preserve, save, do well, be, or make whole. So now, every good and perfect gift is from above, so every part of that promise comes from God and His. His uh, love to you is so powerful and strong, there's no variation nor shadow of turning. I know the Holy Spirit said this to me, and you'll have to come to your own revelation on this, but he said, if there's any good in a promise whatsoever, then you can believe me for it. So in other words, it became very easy for me to believe. I knew in my heart, based off of the leading of the Holy Spirit, when I read that Jesus was made poor so that we might be rich, I knew that meant every way it could be good because the Holy Spirit had already given me that revelation on that. Well, the same thing in save. If he meant it in any way good, in any way, form, shape, fashion, whatever, as a promise to save you, you can say that he meant that for me, in that way. He meant to bless you. He meant to save you, give you eternal salvation. He meant to heal you. He meant to preserve you. He meant to protect you. He meant it like, I'm going to make you do well. I'm going to make you whole. Okay. He meant it in all of those ways. If he meant it in one, he meant it in all of them. Why? Because that's the character and nature of God. It's who he is. He's good. He's love. If you've tasted any part of him, you know he's good. You know of his kindness. He has delivered you. This is the fullness of salvation. So these are promises to the outer man. These are promises to the outer man. Which areas of increase in here do we need to grow in? All of them. Now, the great thing about the salvation is to save that you'll find is this is that all of these, anything any, if anything you need, anything you have lack of, anything that you're wanting, it's wrapped up in one of these promises, one of these words. So when he said, I will save you, he meant I'll save you from everything. Everything. All of it. Everything. No matter what you're facing, I'll save you. No matter what it is. And you'll find, you know, Give me a problem. Tell me tell me some kind of problem that you're having or that you've had before or that you know somebody's going through. Just somebody shout out something. Neighbors. neighbors. All right, well, let's find that in uh, being saved. Uh, will he? Well, the big one is deliver. That covers everything. You're having a problem, he's your deliverer. Yep. He will make you whole, Where maybe that is not fullness to you. He will make you whole. He will make you to do well. So if they are causing you a problem, he'll make you do well. If it's grating on you, he'll preserve you. So our job at that point is, well, I haven't felt like I've been preserved yet. I don't feel like I've been delivered yet. Then our job when we come to any situation is, but you are my Savior. You are my saving grace. And so now, right now, I stand on the fact that you're saving me. You're delivering me from this. That's our job, no matter what the problem may be. And you name any, the, the one that will cover it all is save. He'll save you from that situation. The next one that covers almost everything is deliver. He'll deliver you. Yeah, he'll deliver you. He'll deliver you out of the problem, Okay. Protection, you name it. You find a problem, you'll find that it is solved in Jesus in your salvation. Uh, Colossians 1, 9 through 14 says, uh, I'm going to let you read it. How about that? Get filled up. He's got a lot of promises for you. We need to bear fruit in every good work, strengthen with all power according to his glorious might for attaining all steadfastness and patience, joyously giving to the Father who has qualified us to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. He's rescued us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of His beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Isaiah twelve two. Behold, God is my salvation. You, you should get that on your lips. Behold, God is my salvation. God is my Savior. He saves me. I will trust and not be afraid. So in this situation, like the situation you were just talking about, what you have to say is, look, He's my Savior. He's saving me in this area. And now my job is to trust and not be afraid that it won't come true. Not be afraid of that, but to trust. Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. For the Lord God is my strength and my song. You feel like you're in the middle of it and you feel like you're not strong enough and you feel weak in that, you've got to look back to him and let him be your strength. Start praising him. Put, put that praise on your mouth. And he has become my salvation. And then lastly, the inner man, areas of increase, relationship and fellowship with God. That's number one. Number 1 way you need to prosper is in your relationship and fellowship with God. This is eternal life. That's what we were talking about Sunday John 17:3. Eternal salvation, this is things in the inner man. Relationship and fellowship with God, eternal salvation, love, faith, hope, the fruit of the spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, Faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Every single one of those things we should be increasing in constantly. Constantly working to increase in all of those. You know, I've heard it say, I've heard people say before, um, well, uh, I know patience is a virtue, but I don't want to pray for patience. The last time I did that, oh my gracious. Why? Because you start praying for patience, you start having areas to grow, areas to stretch in. Well, here's my thinking. I'd rather pray and get it over with than sit and bury my talents. Let's pray. Let's, let's get the patience that we need. You know, Nicole tells me all the time, you are so patient and loving with people. And, uh, and, and I think back now, and, and Tara's seen it a couple of times, <laughs> taking phone calls and stuff at the church. And um, I think back now, and I think, my my Lord, thank you for having me pray for patience early on and get that the majority, the big hunk of my flesh in patience out of the way years ago. Because it's a lot easier to do it now, and people look at it, and they'll go, I don't know how you do that. And when they really know all the details involved in a lot of situations. And, and it's really, I don't even see it as that anymore. Why? Because I was willing to grow and increase in it years ago. And you've got to get to that place. In all of these things, we need to grow in, in increase. We need to grow in those areas and say, All right, Lord, increase is there. It's available and it's potential through Jesus. Let me increase then. By God, through you, let me increase. Amen. Amen. Okay. Amen. <laughs> Amen. So what she said for the video is that through that example and through me operating in patience, it's helped a lot of people. And one, it's, a, it's a helped you in a particular situation you just had, and now you learn to be patient on it, and now that thing's working out. So, And you have a testimony from it. Amen. That's awesome. So we have to increase in it. Matthew one twenty three, uh, you know, one of the areas of increase in the inner man is relationship and fellowship with God. And, and do you know what it means in Matthew one twenty three when he says that Jesus will be called Emmanuel, God with us? He wants to be with you. He could have left you, but he wanted to be with you. He didn't just want to come and be around you. He wanted to be a part of you. And you a part of him. Oh, man. And we can increase in that and get to know him more and more and hang out with him and let him be your daddy or your diddy. There you go. That's for Nicole. And, uh, and some of y'all get it. Everybody in here will, people watching, they'll be like, huh, what did he just say? That's what I said when I started dating her, too. Um, so do you know what it means to have that loving father like that man and he wanted to be with me he wanted to be with you man he didn't have to do that he did not have to do that and that's available to us it's awesome and we need to increase in it grow in it we need to get to know him so well that if he just has the slightest hesitation we stop if he has the slightest excitement, we get excited. If God has the, the, the slightest joy, we get in joy because we're hanging out with Him just like that. Second Corinthians 5:18. Now all these things are from God who reconciled us to Himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. He made us right. Now here's more areas of increase. Faith, hope, and love. Abide these three, but the greatest is love. And then the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians. Galatians chapter 5, 22 through 25. We have to purpose ourselves to increase. We can't sit back on it. We can't say, well, God will increase us if he wants to increase us. He's been longing. Increase has been on his heart for you for all time. From the beginning of the world. And if you're not walking in it. It's not because he didn't want it for you. It's because you hadn't partnered with him yet in it. You haven't seen that the promise was out there. And you've taken what you had. And the potential for faith. And Jesus. And buried it. So let's get out the shovel. Dig back up what we have potential in. And let's start putting those talents and abilities to work. First things first. Let's just tell the Lord. Say Lord. I repent. I, I changed my ways. I messed up. I was not increasing like you asked me to increase. But I change that now. I change it now. We're going to increase from here on out. We're, we're not going to make excuses to not increase. We're going to increase in every area that you have for me to increase in. From here on out. And as we do that, we'll move to the place of overflow, And as we move to the place of overflow, not only will we be blessed, but the people around us will be blessed, our lives will be blessed, and this world will be blessed, and the kingdom of God will be advanced in the areas that I have control over because I decided I'm going to increase in God. So increase in God. Increase in God. Don't have excuses. Don't let the world stop you. Don't let your flesh stop you increase in God take it as a challenge take it as a charge and increase in God don't hold back don't bury your stuff increase in God increase in God can you feel it rising in you increase in God take it as a challenge take it as a charge increase in God Amen Amen Father thank you so much for everything you've given to us Lord, yeah, there was a time definitely when we were not worthy of what you've done. But Lord, you made us worthy when you sent your Son and made us right with you. And now we have a right and a worthiness to partner with you and watch your kingdom be advanced. Lord, in this great dance of love that we have between you and I, between us And you, Lord, where two can become one through Christ, Lord, we praise you and we increase, Lord. It's not just a challenge. Lord, this life is not just a race. It's not just a challenge. It's not just hard on the flesh. When we get to the place where we're operating like we see, it's a dance. It's an art of love back and forth between mankind and you. It's a dance between father and child. It's love flowing back and forth. And Father, we praise You for it and we thank You for it. Lord, let us dance with all might in the love of Christ. Let us move with all power in every area of increase. Lord, let us increase not just for ourselves but for Your other children for people that you want to be your children, and for you. Lord, let us increase. Let us see it. Let us move in it. Let us believe for it and receive it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Have a great night.